The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. I want to share with you my deep conviction that Jesus Christ is coming very soon. My expectation, my belief, is that we have a very, very short time in which to prepare ourselves, our families, our neighbors, the world, to receive the coming King. I'm going to share with you part of why I believe that today. I want to go directly to the book of Revelation. I'm going to begin reading in Revelation, the eighth chapter. And when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about a half hour. My father, who used to read this passage to me as a child, as I sat on his lap, would say to me, Raymond, do you know why there's silence in heaven for a half hour? No. Because that's when Jesus comes and takes his people home. Now, I don't know if my daddy was right or not. But I loved hearing him read that passage. Now, you have seven seals. And those seven seals conclude with Jesus coming again. This is found in Revelation, the seventh chapter, verse 13. And one from among the elders answered, saying to me, These, the ones having been clothed with white robes, who are they, and from where did they come? And I said to him, My Lord, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They washed their robes and made them white by means of the blood of the Lamb. Because of this, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And the one sitting on the throne will dwell among them. They will no longer hunger or thirst, but many. I'm sorry, neither may the sun ever beat down on them nor any heat at all, for the Lamb in the midst of the throne cares for them and leads them to fountains of water of life. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. That's the conclusion of the of the people of God going to heaven. And then comes the last seal where there's silence in heaven for a half hour. Now, 
if we look carefully at the seals of Revelation, it seems obvious to me that we are in the third seal opening, opened by Jesus. Now, part of what I want you to note through all of what I'll share with you today is that Jesus is directly involved with all that happens upon the earth. Nothing happens by chance. It is all directed from heaven toward the final great conclusion when sin will be dealt with and the saints will be at home with Jesus. The sinners will be in hell with the devil, the beast, the false prophet. The third seal, I heard a voice in the midst of the four living beings saying, a quart of wheat for a day's pay, three quarts of barley for a day's pay, but do not damage the olive orchard and the vineyards. That's what's actually taking place today in much of the world and about to take place in America. A quart of wheat, scientifically, they tell us, is the nutrient necessary for one man for one day, a working man. Three quarts of barley, it has less nutrition. It is for one day's pay. So during this third seal opening, men will work all day just for enough to survive. That is happening in much of the world now. And it's coming to America. Now, the fourth seal, death and Hades come. It is a pale horse. The name of the person sitting on the horse is death and Hades. And authority was given to him over a fourth part of the earth to kill with sword, with famine, and with pestilence or death, and by the beasts of the earth. Then the fifth seal is opened, and this is where great martyrdom takes place. The sixth seal is opened, and there is a great earthquake. The sun became black as sackcloth. The entire moon became as blood. The stars of the heaven fell to the earth like a fig tree. Now, what I want you to note, many Bible scholars would tell you this, that the seals and the trumpets overlap one another. They're going on simultaneously. So we find the seventh seal is being opened. Let me read the rest of it. There is silence in heaven for a half hour. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and much incense was given to him that he might add it with the prayers of all the holy ones upon the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the holy ones went up before God out of the hand of the angel. And it seems as we read this 
that these are saints who are already with Jesus. Verse 5, And the angel has taken the censer and filled it with the fire of the altar and threw it to the earth. And there were thunderings and sounds and lightnings and earthquake. And the seven angels, the ones having the seven trumpets, prepared themselves that they might sound the trumpet. Well, we find in the story of Isaiah in the temple that coals off the the altar were meant for purification. In this case, as they are thrown upon the earth, there is thundering, there's lightning, and there's a great earthquake. Now, I want you to be very clear with me about what I'm saying to you today. These events are literal. They are not they are not just metaphysical. They are literal on the face of the earth. These are the final judgments of God. Now the first trumpet sounds. I want to share with you this first trumpet. The first trumpet sounded And there came hail and fire, having been mingled with blood. And it was thrown to the earth. And the third of the earth burned up. And the third of the trees were burned up. And all the green grass was burned up. Now I want to stop. And I want to read for you something that has had a great impact upon my life. I'm not saying that Tom Horn is a prophet. He would not claim to be. But Dr. Tom Horn is a well-known, well-established, conservative Christian minister who has international recognition. I watched him most recently on the 700 Club. I want to read for you his own words regarding this seventh seal. He had a dream. It was a terrifying dream. I'm going to read it for you in his own words. Like usual, I had gone to bed one evening in April of 2019, not anticipating anything unusual, when around 2 o'clock the next morning, I awoke in a hyperdimensional reality and saw in the heavens above me what looked like a horned, fiery serpent hundreds of feet wide, plunging past the earth, past the stars, toward the earth at an incomprehensible speed. This terrifying monster seemed to be swimming across the sky, past the planets, as it descended toward the earth. Then suddenly, by point of view shifted, 
and I was lifted above the massive object, only to realize it was not a dragon, after all, but rather a very large rock. And the way it was rolling through space caused the light of the sun to glide over its contours, giving it the appearance of something undulating through space like a living thing. The next thing I knew, I was on a tall hill or mountain somewhere, surrounded by thousands of people. We were running, terrified. People were screaming for God to deliver us from the menace barreling through the sky toward this planet. Moments later, I heard a deafening sound. It was as if the earth were splitting apart. The ground beneath our feet jerking violently, knocking us to the soil where we bounced viciously against the rocks, desperately reaching out for anything we could cling onto for stability. Somehow I knew an asteroid had plunged into the Pacific Ocean in its massive form, sending a sequence of tsunamis hundreds of feet into the air. As I glanced over my shoulder, I could see an overwhelming wall of water coming up the hillside behind us. I perceived we would not be able to escape. But then it was as if two very large hands slid under my arms, lifting me high into the sky, where looking down I watched in shock as people everywhere were swept away by astonishing large waves slamming into the coastal terrain as far as I could see. The atmosphere was simultaneously infused with scorched particles of aerosol and vapor as a blistering culmination of moisture and extreme heat subsequently combusted into a series of high-velocity hurricanes, tornadoes, volcanoes, and earthquakes seemed to be going off like fireworks with what were likely some of the deadliest volcanoes on the earth, those of the Cascadia region of the United States, being triggered like dominoes, releasing so much debris into the sky that for about a week darkness covered the heavens worldwide as the entire landscape was pounded by hurricanes and atmospheric annihilation circulating within the jet stream. By the time days later when the waters finally settled, Storms subsided, and the sky grew clear. Much of life on earth was dead. When I awoke, I nearly fell out of bed. Grabbing for pen and paper to record what I'd seen, I was unexpectedly interrupted by what seemed like an audible voice. The voice uttered a single word, a prophecy. That's A-P-O-P-H-I-S, a prophecy. Now, I knew there was an ancient god of chaos 
an enemy of light known by that name. I also knew that the National Aeronautics and Space Administration had named an asteroid Aprophis, but I didn't know any of the details about it. When I got out of bed and headed for my computer to begin research on this particular space rock, I also didn't anticipate that a year-long investigation would ensure that ultimately would lead me to uncover evidence of a cover-up by NASA and the European Space Agency and other space organizations involving the likelihood of Aprophis impacting the Earth in less than nine years from now, Friday, April 13th, 2029. I've read his own words as he described it. I've listened to him as he was live on television talking about this. And he is absolutely convinced that a prophet being guided by a demonic presence will hit the earth somewhere off the California coast down toward the Baja on April 13th, 2029. Now, he's also very clear that this is what is called wormwood. Many Bible scholars place wormwood in the midst, in the middle of the seven years of tribulation spoken of by the prophet Daniel. Now, I am not saying that this is going to happen. I'm not setting a date, but I do respect Thomas Horn. And in my own understanding, and as I have prayed about this issue, I am very clear that Jesus is coming, and he's coming very soon. So now I'd like to walk with you through this eighth chapter of Revelation of the seventh seal and the first trumpet. These are describing very real events that face us on the earth. Some of you would like to imagine that everything is going to continue as it has always been. I want to tell you that that simply is not true. We are in the final countdown of earth's history. All of the biblical understanding tells us that Jesus is soon to come. I'm not saying that Jesus is going to come on April 13, 2029. Let's be very clear. But I am saying that a prophet is going to pass the earth on that date, according to NASA. And NASA says it will not strike the earth. The Lord has told Tom Horn that it will strike the earth. So let's look at 
Revelation, the eighth chapter. I'm going to be reading to you from the Lavender Bible, which is a a very fine New Testament translation by a very fine Greek scholar who has now passed and gone on to heaven. The first trumpet sounded, and there came hail and fire, having been mingled with blood, and it was thrown to the earth. And the third of the earth was burned up, and the third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. Well, this first trumpet is describing precisely what would happen if an asteroid were to hit the earth. Preceding it would be smaller stones that would penetrate and would set a portion of the earth on fire. This is an accurate description of astrophysicists as they speak about what would actually happen if a large asteroid the size of four football fields, as Apophis is, actually hit the earth. Verse 8, the second trumpet. And the second angel trumpeted, and a mass like a great mountain burning was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood. A third of the creatures in the sea having life died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. So, Scripture is telling us that there will be a burning mountain that will be hitting the sea. And it will be very damaging. A third of the creatures in the sea died. And a third of the ships were destroyed. Verse 10. And the third angel trumpeted, and a great star fell out of heaven. Now that word star is used in several different ways in Scripture. The Greek word for star is the same word that we in English Translate asteroid. But there are also instances in Scripture where the word star or asteroid is used to describe a living angel. As the star of Bethlehem, we believe, was an actual angel guiding the wise men to the birthplace of Jesus. A great star fell out of heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on the third of the rivers and on the springs of water. And the name of the star, or asteroid, is called Wormwood. And a third of the waters became as Wormwood, and many of the people died from the waters because they were made bitter. Now, if you do a little bit of biblical research, you will discover that wormwood is a plant from which a medicine is derived for worming the human intestine. 
but too much of it is deadly, it is nauseating, and it will kill a person. So Scripture applies the name of this great asteroid that's going to strike the sea and the earth. In other words, it breaks up, and part of it goes in the ocean, and part of it hits the land. And it turns the water in that area poisonous. And it says many of the people died from the waters because they were made bitter or they were made poison. And the fourth angel, this is verse 12 of Revelation 8. And the fourth angel trumpeted, and the third of the sun was struck, and the third of the moon, and a third of the stars, so that the third of them were darkened. And the day, the third of it may not give light, and likewise the night. Now, we're also told that because of the kicking up of moisture and debris, it will block out the moon and the sun and the stars, and the day will be as night. That would not be the first time this has happened in history, when a great volcano erupted. Something similar happened. But we have here four trumpet sounds describing what astrophysicists say would exactly take place if an asteroid were to strike the earth. Revelation 8 tells us that wormwood is coming and it will strike the earth. And these will be the results. Dr. Tom Horn, in his book, The Wormwood Prophecy, writes about what he believes is the Wormwood asteroid that will strike the Earth April 13, 2029. Now, many will scoff and are scoffing at this. But many also scoffed at Noah in his day a preacher of righteousness, as he told the world that it would rain and it would flood the earth and everyone who was not in the ark would die. He was not believed until the rain began to fall, for it had never rained before, and the fountains of the deep were broken up. I'm not saying that this asteroid, Aprophis, will strike the earth April 13, 2029, but I am saying it behooves us to be ready, to be prepared. And it appears from Revelation, the seventh chapter, that when this Aprophis hits the earth, or when this asteroid strikes the earth, whether it's wormwood or not, whether it's Aprophis or not, it appears 
many scholars believe to be in the middle of this seven-year tribulation spoken of in Daniel. In that case, it appears that from chapter 7 of Revelation, The 144,000 Jewish people have been sealed and that God's people have been taken into the heavens and are standing before the throne of God. Now, I don't come to the book of Revelation and claim to understand. I'm not a, I'm not a Revelation scholar but I have read it over and over and over again. And it's very difficult to tell in reading the book of Revelation when Jesus will come and whether or not there's more than one coming of Jesus to the earth. There is certainly the heavens being opened and the Son of Man coming on a cloud and the saints being caught up into the air with him. There's also certainly the coming of Jesus riding on a white horse with the saints already with him when he brings to an end all evil on the earth and forever establishes the kingdom of righteousness. What I am absolutely clear about is that Jesus is coming again. And when he comes, he's coming to redeem his people, that where he is, they may be also. That was his promise in the book of John. Now, as we as we look at this, some people will say, Pastor, are you trying to scare us? And many would quickly say, oh, no, 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 I'm not. Yes, I am. I'm trying to be very honest with you, and if you are not frightened by what I'm sharing today, it's evident that you are either an unbeliever or you are ignorant. You should be terrified. But at the same time, your heart should rejoice, for Jesus Christ is coming again, and we are right now watching as Jesus stands at the door of eternity to come and redeem to himself his his bride, his people. And in that, I rejoice. But I want to be ready, and I want you to be ready. And there is so much deception. There's so much uncleanness in the church today. Such lies are being spoken and such false theology is being taught. Such denigrating of the blood of Jesus Christ, saying that it's of no more value than that of bulls and goats, that it cannot remove your sin, that it cannot make you righteous. Only the righteous will enter into the kingdom of God when he comes in the clouds of glory. Those who continue to walk in sin, 
will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So this is fair warning to us. Just say, well, let me read it. Revelation 7, verse 13. And one from among the elders answered, saying to me, these are the ones having been clothed with white robes. And we find later in the book of Revelation that white robes are the righteous actions of the saints. Who are they? Where did they come from? These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. Now listen carefully. They washed their robes and made them white by means of the blood of the Lamb. In other words, those who enter into heaven live righteous lives on this earth. And they have been washed and made white and clean without spot or blemish by the blood of Jesus Christ. Is that your condition before God today? If in fact, if in fact Revelation 8 and Wormwood is the same as a prophus. That's April 13, 2029. We are rapidly approaching that date. I am watching as socialism and communism and one world government more and more enters a place of authority and taking over of the United States and of the Western world. Canada is already gone. Mr. Trudeau, Mr. Trudeau is the ultimate in evil leadership, an antichrist of a type. We know that antichrist is coming. Jesus is coming. And I go back to Romans the sixth chapter. I'll begin reading with verse 14. For sin will not rule over you because you are not under law but under grace. What then? Shall we sin even once hereafter because we are not under law but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you yield yourselves as servants to obey, you are servants to whom you obey? Whether of sin in death or of obedience in righteousness, but thanks be to God because you used to be servants of sin, but you obeyed out from the heart a standard of teaching under which you were delivered. And having been freed from sin, you were made servants with reference to righteousness. Just hear the words. 
break the lies you've heard and hear the actual words of Scripture as they are given to us regarding our condition and what it must be before a holy God, before we're fit to enter into that kingdom above. But thanks be to God because you used to be servants of sin but you obeyed out from the heart a standard of teaching under which you were delivered. What is that standard of teaching under which they were delivered? Total deliverance from sin. Entirely sanctified. Made clean by the blood of Jesus. Now, if you... If you come over to verse 20. For when you used to be servants of sin, you used to be free with reference to righteousness. What fruit, therefore, were you having then on account of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been freed from sin and having been made servants for God, you have your fruit in holiness and the end, life eternal. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of grace from God is life eternal in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's be very clear. Jesus is coming again. We are on a final countdown of earth's history as we watch as America is destroyed, as the economy is pillaged, as a one-world currency is brought forward and the dollar is put away. We're watching as famine comes upon the earth, as the dust bowl builds in the southwest of the United States as fires ravage the wicked states of California and some of the other western states. We're seeing tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes. We're seeing every sign that Jesus is at the door. Wars and rumors of war. We're seeing everything heat up in Israel as rockets fly and people die. As children, as women and children are are killed. We're seeing great trouble upon the earth. And if you've read carefully... Matthew 24, if you've read carefully Revelation, you knew that all of these things were prophesied. But we live in a time when we would like to deny the reality of what's happening so that we could continue in our normal life. May I tell you, please, your normal life is not going to be normal again. I believe with all of my heart that a final great 
proclamation of the gospel is going to be made over the earth. I believe that that comes out of Matthew 24, where Jesus says the final gospel is going to be preached. I believe that's true. I believe we're looking for, and I am believing for, a great revival of godliness in this nation. Do I imagine that it will be more than a remnant of this nation? No, it will be a remnant. And great persecution will break out because of this revival. It will not be accepted by the one world government. It will not be accepted by the wicked powers that are taking charge of America. It will certainly not be accepted in Canada or in Europe. And persecution will result. Many of us will be placed in jail, tortured, even killed. Do you understand? We're at the end of time. Jesus is coming again. We are watching as these things begin to unfold. Now, if I'm correct, and we are right now watching the seals being opened, we're not far from from this final seal. And we're not far from the blowing of the trumpet. Now, it's very clear to me, you have a choice to make. Are you going to hide your head in the sand and pretend that a prophet is not going to hit the earth? April 13, 2029, that Dr. Tom Horn is completely wrong, and you're going to continue trying to live your normal life, Or are you going to come to your senses and understand that you must be crucified with Christ and you must walk away from your life in this world and begin to live a life where the old man is crucified? Let me read it for you. Romans 6, verse 6, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him so that the body of the sin may be destroyed, that we not hereafter serve sin. He's speaking about in this life, that we hereafter not serve sin. For the one having died has been freed from sin. Have you been freed from your sin? Are you walking a righteous life? Are you clean before God today? Verse 11. So also you must think yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but living for God in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
Therefore, sin must not reign in your mortal body to obey it in the lust of it. And you must not yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but once and for all yield yourselves to God as living out from among spiritually dead men and yield your members as instruments of righteousness for God. For sin will not rule over you because you are not under law but under grace. We do not establish truth by our experience. We establish truth by what it says in the Word of God. Don't take what I'm saying as the gospel truth. I'm just a man. But take what I have read to you out of the Scriptures as absolute truth. An asteroid is going to strike the earth. When? I don't know. Dr. Horn has been told it will strike April 13, 2029. If that's true, it marks the middle of the Great Tribulation. And Jesus is coming again. And we know he's coming. That asteroid could hit the earth unexpectedly. A different asteroid, they don't know what these asteroids are. They don't track them all. They can't. Could hit today. We are right at the verge of the coming of the Son of Man. Are you ready? Have you made arrangements with Jesus to have your sins totally wiped away and to be made righteous? And is your time, energy, and money being focused on Jesus Christ and his coming and on eternity? Or are you still caught up in all the foolishness of our age? Let's pray. Lord, I've shared this terrifying message today. And I ask that you would use it to turn the hearts of your people to a serious study of your word and to a serious understanding that they must leave their sin and must be born from above that they must be crucified with you, Jesus. I thank you, my Lord. I pray your blessing for each person who listens and obeys. I pray in your name. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. I would love to hear from you. If this ministry is important to you and you want to see it prosper, I need to hear from you. It's a faith ministry. I have no means of staying on the radio or the internet except as resources are given for the gospel of Jesus. You can go online and give at nationalprayerchapel.com or you can write to me Pastor Ray Greenley, the National Prayer Chapel, 
Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That's the National Prayer Chapel. Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You can go online and you'll find there the direction for our service on Sunday. It's a small house group. If you'd like to be a part, I invite you to come. It's for serious men and women, boys and girls, who want Jesus. You're welcome to come. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I love you. I'm praying for you. I ask you, too, would you cry out to the Lord for this broadcast and for those who hear it? Would you intercede in the name of Jesus? God bless you. I'll talk to you soon. Of his glory.